Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I'm so glad to have Lisa Renander with me. Welcome to my podcast, Lisa. Thank you. Lisa is a true entrepreneur and the founder of five companies, and today she's expanding a large-scale co-living concept, designing a new way of living that combines the urban connectivity and the life quality of the countryside. So tell me, Lisa, what made you kick off this idea of co-living? So I was invited as an entrepreneur in residence at Stanford University, living in Silicon Valley. And when I was there, I found this uh, really cool co-living house. We were 30 entrepreneurs living together from all over the world. And uh, for me, I think that was the first time I felt a sense of coming home to be around like-minded people. It was such creativity and I was so inspired sharing everyday life with other people that also had the passion for something. Mm. And they failed and they succeed and we could share all that that was going on. So um, when I uh, was moving back to Stockholm, Sweden, I thought like, I cannot survive this life if I wouldn't live in a similar context. Mm. So um, together with an, an American investor that I met in Silicon Valley, we started House 24, uh, the first uh, Scandinavian co-living house in, uh, in Old Town, Stockholm. So, but what is it that you want to accomplish with the co-living uh, concept? So uh, I can describe it as a feeling as a safe harbor because living together, especially living together with other independent, inspiring people, mm -hmm. um, you have both the safe harbor and, mm -hmm. and that's the feeling that it's... You can imagine it when you live in the countryside, you had you, the people around you, a safe network or a safe harbor, mm -hmm. and it was a sense of belonging. But then people move into the, into the city and you lose that feeling of safety most of the time. You get mm. the inspiration and all these inspiring people that you can access and mm. connect to all over. But mm. what I want to do is combine these two because then I think you as a person can expand and increase your level of consciousness. Mm. That's so true. When you see people being, uh, you know, extra happy in this environment and so on, what is it that they typically t say to you that they, you know, experience? What is it? They experience connection with other people. They mm -hmm. feel seen as a human being, mm -hmm. both in their failures and in their successes. Mm. And I think what happens then and what people share with me is they feel they can drop their mask Mm. And when you drop your mask, you get access mm. to more true you. Mm. And when you have access to that person that is mm. uh, that the fire within you, mm. then you can accomplish something that is for real. Mm. And do you feel that that mask can be dropped in today's uh, companies? No. I think the way companies normally are structured today mm. um, kind of forces you to put on a mask. Mm. 
Mm. And you have to use a certain language, you have to dress a certain way, mm. and you have to like prove yourself over and over. And it's so um, result-driven. Mm. So the human part of you has to stay home. And then when you get home mm. and you're so exhausted, so you cannot really stand being around other people because then you feel okay I must pretend again you just need some space alone or mm. you go outside to put on your social mask to get some adrenaline or some <laughs> <laughs> some <laughs> to distract you from from mm. your miserable feelings of uh, being mm. someone you're not mm. but whose let's say responsibility is it really to you know drop the mask i mean where should it come from? Uh, the company somehow, or the, its employees, or the people on board, or how can we change this? It's your responsibility, so you cannot mm. put that responsibility on anyone else. But I, though, strong believe that if we could drop our mask, we also want to create environments for people where we can support them to drop their masks, mm. but they cannot do that if they don't decide to do so, and then they will not be attracted to these environments. But you can also be mm. the one dropping the mask at your company, mm. be the first one there to be that. Maybe you will get mm. abandoned, but so what? Yeah, then it's better to to be so, and that you forces you to, to change uh, environment mm. and to to an environment that where you actually can be seen for who you are. Mm. From the little I know you, you come across as a non-fearful person. Are you feeling you know this fear at any time, or you just kind of decide that you will drop it and see whatever whatever happens happens? Or what's but your attitude? I, yeah, but I feel a lot of fear, like we all yeah. do. But I'm also curious about the fear. And I think mm -hmm. the curiosity is stronger than like the fear of the fear. <laughs> mm. uh, so uh, when we, or I feel when I dig into my fear, that's when I can also find myself and I can be more true because there's always a message to me in the fear. Mm. Like if I'm afraid of something, it's mm. most often a story I made up or that I was scared of being abandoned or left outside. But was it really true? And when I digged into it, mm. I know like I could learn that, okay, it was just my own story and it was never true. Exactly. It's uh, all made up, as, as we say. Yeah, mm. made mm. up monsters mm. inside mm. of us. <laughs> no, but you can come up far by just becoming aware, right? The awareness. Yeah, the awareness, of... yeah, for sure. Amanda, uh -huh. tell us about your most recent project, uh, Tech Farm, that you, I know, want to scale up to a global level. Yeah, so Tech Farm, it's the concept of how you can live together with other people and combine the belongingness from the countryside and the connectivity and the inspiration mm. pot in, mm. in the city. And by creating homes where people can share their everyday life 24-7, I believe 
we can create these safe environments where people can expand and be more true to themselves. And for me, that's my way to support a more conscious society. And when you say conscious society, what does that really mean? So for me, that means that people are more aware of their true selves. Mm. And uh, being aware of the fear, being aware of the passion of the fire within, mm. and use that as a guide to expand as a human being. And with expand, I mean to be more true to yourself. Mm. And when we do so, we we can access um, life force mm -hmm. that could change systems and that can change structures and society. But if we do not access that, we will just keep on mm. doing everything the same way as we always did. Mm. But how, how would you say um, or define, you know, what, what is the purpose of, of life? I mean, we all have one here right now. What, what is that purpose? I would state it as the purpose of life is to discover truth. Mm. And what is true for you is different from what is true for me. Mm. Like there's only one truth mm. because we are all human beings and we all share the same reality in one mm. way. Mm. But how we describe it and what we explore mm. would be different for all of us. But that exploration, I would say, mm. is the meaning, mm. meaning of life. Mm. I'm thinking of the same question, but for whatever we call a professional life, what we spend 8, 10, 12, whatever it is, hours mm. a day on, what do you think is the purpose there? So the purpose with the business life mm. is to be as mm. aligned in your business life as you are in your private life. Mm. So what I can see, especially in younger generations, is that there is no separation between business mm. life and private life. Mm. And that only shows the new paradigm of consciousness in society, that we cannot say this is business, this is private, this is home, this is work. It's all melt together. Mm. Yeah, well, everything affects uh, the other, right? Yeah. Mm. So true. What other projects uh, are in the pipeline? So I have a project of raising a little boy of four months, <laughs> um, a newborn. So mm. that's one of my biggest projects right now. <laughs> and when talking about combining private and business, uh -huh. that's also a like we live mm. in tech farm. Mm and we explore how we can raise a kid within this environment that are also our work and our business. Mm. And there is uh, no separation and he, he is also joining for meetings and we have meetings in our bedroom and <laughs> sometimes... <laughs> like we, we are have, here right yeah, now exactly. in your bedroom having this podcast <laughs> interview. <laughs> And that's just um, how I see life. Mm. It's, uh, it's all immersed. It's all immersed, yeah. Uh. And uh, same with projects. That's one project, but it's the Tech Farm project. And, but it's no frames like that I must do this and then I do this for X 
hours per week and then I raise the kid for example. It's, uh, I just want everything to float mm. and I want to be in this flow of life where mm. I can every day, mm. instead of planning and planning ahead and ahead, I, can I create a life where I can just flow mm. through the day, I can create what I'm supposed to create business-wise, but at the same time uh, also merge in the private life. Mm. So maybe not schedule so much meetings and let the people come mm. to my home and the people I'm supposed to meet, mm. I will meet. And uh, I don't need to control or plan too much. Mm. And then when I need to take care of, uh, of me or my son, I need to feed him, I can do so. And then I can jump into an ongoing meeting and then maybe I want to meditate for a while. And then there's a few people in the Zen room and I will join them for a while. And that's like how I see <laughs> the flow of life. And mm. if I could create a life that has so much space, everything just flows. That's what I'm mostly curious about at the moment. And, and how well is this uh, immersed, uh, let's say, life now, especially with your uh, son? Uh, how is it working out? What, what did you discover that you didn't know like four or five months ago in terms of making it all work out? So I have discovered that things just happen. So now there's, for example, a babysitter Facebook group that someone created at, for his service. So I can just <laughs> ping someone and five minutes later, one of these babysitters will come down to our room mm. and take care of him because maybe I need to jump into a meeting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then... And they all live here. Yeah. And they all live here, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there is people also helping me out uh, to cook because if there is an intense week that maybe there's a lot of decisions to take in the company mm. and I don't want to make that um, like to take attention from taking care of, of, of my son. So then they help mm. me to cook. Mm. And it feels like the world is also coming to me is that I don't need to go outside. People mm. will come as you did, you, mm. you came here. Mm. And um, yeah, all my meetings I've had so far has been here. Mm. So it works pretty well, but it's, it's still mm. an exploration. Mm. And does it, I guess it helps that your husband is also, I guess, a co-founder of yeah, this. Yeah, he's a co-founder. With, with you. And you, you live here and you work together and, and so on. So that, in the practical terms, uh, I guess, helps a lot as well. Mm. Yeah, mm. for sure. I mean, we, we've all had some, let's call it aha moments I guess, in life. Uh, but is there any like particular uh, that you would say aha moment that you would like to share so far in life? Mm, How old are you now? 20 something? Uh, 35. 35? Yeah. Jesus, I would never guess that. Okay, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that's a compliment. Yes, you should, definitely. <laughs> um, uh, well, the, mm. there's so many every day. Mm. Mm, <laughs> but if I should choose one, I would say my biggest aha moment was when Mia was born. And from being a full-time kind of entrepreneur and to be re like rebirthed into a, a mother mm. 
and how that so dramatically changed my life and the way I, I viewed life. And I think that's when I understood that life must flow, it cannot be controlled. Because I've always been this control freak, trying to create my own reality, mm. but from my dreams of how I projected the future. And this is how I want the future. So then I will create this and this is my plan. Mm. But the aha moment, the first week of being a mother, I was like, okay, I will never have the capacity to control my life the way I did before. Mm. So maybe there is a lesson to learn here. <laughs> and the lesson to learn is just stop controlling. <laughs> Let life create itself. Mm. And when I did so, well, uh, everything I ever dreamt of or wished for, mm. somehow, first it all broke down or f fell into pieces <laughs> and with the company and the relationship and it felt like everything was just broke down and now it's in the rebuilt phase mm. but it's rebuilt from a totally different value ground mm. wow that's a good um, uh, insight or yeah. a, a home moment yeah mm. and life changing too but what, what would you define as your um, passion in the sense that, you know, something that is incredibly important to you that you are willing to really also suffer for if needed? My passion is to explore my own truth or explore who am I. Mm. And uh, to be more conscious and use using that consciousness to create new systems or forms or new way of living mm. that will benefit more people. Mm. But first I need to understand myself and what I need mm. and what can make me more true to myself. And then it seems like, okay, this, other people also relate to this. Okay, then it's time to see if this can expand and can we create a business around it? Mm. But the business is just a tool yeah. and the passion is exploration and the understanding of our drive and how can we increase our consciousness and be more mm. aware of who we are. And mm. that always mm. comes back to me. Who am I? Mm. How can I be more true to myself? Mm. And when you said also to expand in this, let's say, a larger experiment by mm. taking, the, for example, the tech farm to other places and so on, what is the next place or next cities, and how do you, how do you decide where to go first and where to continue the, this uh, this big experiment? Mm, yeah. So now, when my my value ground has changed <laughs> the last four months. And the strategy is completely different. So I will not control the expansion of Tech Farm anymore. Mm -hmm. So I will share um, the knowledge and um, the passion with as many people as possible, and then see if we can create a movement or if it can create itself where Tech mm. Farms pops up all over the world. 
and a tech farm could be anything, a place where people live together mm. with the aim to have this feeling of connectivity and a mm. safe harbor mm. to explore. Mm. So the expansion has to be, has to come from many people all around the world. And my expansion must be aligned with my next step in life. Mm. So for me, it's creating a new home for my family. Mm. And we are now looking into Portugal and maybe to find a village that we can create a tech farm for families and people in, in, in the same phase in life mm -hmm. as, as we are, but with the same purpose mm -hmm. and connected with the other tech farms that are, mm -hmm. should pop up. And is there any particular reason why Portugal, for example? Or? So uh, my longing is uh, for nature, for um, from some mm. sun, <laughs> and to be able to live a more simple life. And that's um, Portugal seems to be a country where a lot of conscious people get attracted to at the moment. Mm. So a lot of things going on there, and I think also because it's cheap and it's easy to find land or to, to buy properties. And if this happens more or less in time, if you would um, make a wish, when would that be? Yeah, within a year. Huh? Interesting. So, but what, what is actually the, the story behind the name Tech Farm? So Tech stands for um, the connectivity in the city. And farm stands for the belonging mm. of the countryside. Mm. And that's what we want to, mm. to combine in uh, our creation. Mm. Uh, otherwise, the thought leads me to, you know, tech companies and, and so on. That, but what kind of, if it's possible to say, is there any kind of average profile of person that really lives here and, and works out of here that you could describe? There is a lot of tech people living here, but mm. tech is also just a um, mm. statement of being in the forefront on what's mm. happening in society right now with digitalization and globalization. Mm. I would say that people that live here embraces that change. Mm. Well, exactly. They, they, they are, in a way, the change, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, and what would you say would be your what you could call transformational points in, in life that have really influenced you the most? My first transformational point was when uh, my parents got a divorce because my childhood on my, um, was very much as a safe harbor. Living in the countryside uh, next to a lake with a nuclear family and yeah, it was a lot of love and I felt very safe and mm. I, I could be curious about life and I felt that there was no problems in the world. Mm. But then when they got a divorce, all that fell apart and I felt like I was the loneliest person in the world. And mm. that's when I started to put on a face and to pretend being someone that I was not, because I no longer trusted that I could get love by being me. That created a lot of pain, because when I 
every time I was me, I felt left outside. And every time I pretended, I felt that I got connection. So from then I created this identity and in the end or one the second transformational point I would say was when I got into entrepreneurship because then I could use this knowledge of how to control an identity on how to control a company I mean how can I create something and be in charge of that creation mm -hmm. and make a direction and make sure that it comes true. And for me, like entrepreneurship is a level four in consciousness, if we uh, talk mm. about different levels, where you from being dependent on others, you become independent and like, I'm strong, I, I can have a dream and I can make sure it comes true. And mm. that mm. gives you a lot of, of um, credit and, yeah, and, and acknowledgement. Mm. Mm. But then the third point of transformation was when I understood that that was no longer a tool or a method that was so functional that as, uh, as I have thought. And then I understood that the level five of consciousness, then there's not about independency anymore. It's about interbeing and how you can collaborate by following the passion of your heart. And uh, instead of trying to be someone, as in entrepreneurship in level four, you're trying to be. And by being, mm -hmm. you, you become a tool for life and then life creates itself mm. if that makes sense so that's where you are now yes mm. and there's just so many i think people that of course are you know um following this let's say more mainstream line of always thinking about what have i done what should i do am i in the right spot what should i do uh, instead of, you know, as you were in a way also mentioning here, what is it that I am or should be or want to be and then how do I manifest that, right? Mm. So we are all very much um, in the society still that we are living in, it's very much connected to the doing. You are who you, you are your work or you yeah, are your yeah, yeah. role or exactly, whatever. Exactly, your identity. And, and that's, that's in true. a way um, both difficult because it's a place maybe that doesn't really match with your true blueprint, but at the same time, it's also easy because you don't have to think so much. You just do it and, you know, somebody pays you for it and you maybe get acknowledged and all that. But on a deeper level, there is an emptiness typically yeah, at the end so, of the line yeah. when, when all the material stuff has been kind of given to you and you realize that that's not it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, um, so that's a very good, um, good three transformational points that you brought up. Uh, and already at this point, when you are only 30-something, that you have that, where will you be later? <laughs> uh, but if we talk about long-term solutions for, for, for companies uh, and for businesses, what formulas do you believe in? So I believe in um, being aware of um, the level of consciousness in your company. And... I think the simplest way to to talk about these levels is 
like level three, four, and five, where level three I describe as a dependency. And then everyone is dependent on someone that tells them what to do because mm. they do not they are not creators. Um, they are mm. followers and then there's a boss that have a plan and you mm. execute. And then mm. we have the level four where the company mm. try to encourage people to be more uh, like the self-leadership uh, mm. thing where uh, like you create your own role and you use your own passion and you you see the resources in your employees more as like um yeah not just as a supporter of your vision but they can bring in their perspectives and they have their stories and um, mm. if we do this and create this together uh, we will have a, mm. a stronger impact like how when you put a lot of entrepreneurs together, a startup yeah. could be a very typical format of these kind of businesses. Mm. Um, but then, like if you want to make a true impact, then either of these levels, like you can do anything, you can year after year keep on going, but you will actually not have much of an impact because you will only create yeah strengthen your own ego or you're getting more money on your account or buying more things or uh, being more dependent or mm. yeah mm. it's just a loop and it will just go around and round mm. and round mm. but it doesn't make anyone happy no matter how cool your startup or your product are it will not make anyone happy so the only way if you truly want to have an impact is to understand the fifth level and also Take some time to lean into that and try to, to dare to mm. step up to level five. Mm. You cannot really say so, but it, it makes sense in a way. And when you're on level five, it's more of a purpose-driven business. Mm. And you don't, have, you don't have an attachment to if it gets any success, if you get publicity, if mm. you get rich, or if it boosts your identity. Because the only thing is that you do this because it's aligned with who you are. Mm. And then you meet other people that has the same alignment and you mm. walk together for a while and then you go apart. And, mm. and it's more as a dance. And there is not many examples of businesses that operates this way, mm. but I'm pretty sure this will bloom in in the mm. uh, coming years or ten years or mm. within you within your generations or yeah. with just a, a sort of kind of a collective increased yeah. as you say awareness yeah. of things. Maybe we will not even call it businesses. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. What what is a corporation today or or um, I mean, I just see everything as systems. I mean, people are systems, families are yeah, systems, yeah, yeah. companies are yeah. systems. And in this, as you say, since everything is gradually integrating, uh, probably it's going to be in totally different shape and form yeah, than, yeah, than we know now. Yeah. But to lead with good examples is always interesting. So as soon as those new, let's say, shapes and forms are there, I think uh, it's going to go faster. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's why it's important that we have, you know, level, as, you, as you call them, level five people, level five, uh, you know, creations that people can uh, get inspired from. Yeah, that is integrated in society too. Yeah. Because previously many level five people tend to escape yeah. the system and the structure mm. because there was not really a place for them and they mm. were misunderstood. But now mm. society and the structures are ready to get... Um, mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, changed from or mm. collapsed to rebuilt to mm. match this mm. new new paradigm. And this, uh, when you describe the different levels and so on, where does that come from? Is that something that you define for yourself uh, to be able to explain to others, or is it something that you have understood from some other source? Yeah, it's borrowed for from other sources. Mm-hmm. Like the Keegan model, for example, if you're familiar. Um, but then it's evolved as a concept of my own creation. So I cannot say mm. that uh, mm. confirmed the source mm. of, of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So mm. it's more for me to uh, yeah, create mm. a concept around uh, how mm. I see the world. Mm. A mix of your own perception, right? Yeah. And a bit, uh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Smart sources. <laughs> but what sources or people or, or environments and so on inspire you the most? People that dare to meet their fears and like the, the really dark shadows within. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's the boldest mm. like because when you go in there and you explore mm. and you understand yourself on such a deep level because we all have this dark heavy fear mm. and when we get fear driven like everything we create just becomes destructive or it's then it becomes ego driven or status driven or like mm. we just try to grasp something because we want to be someone so we don't need to face our fears mm. but the people that inspires me the most is the ones who dare to to dive into that and i would say that my husband is my biggest source of inspiration because mm. he really dares and uh, also a lot of um, entrepreneurs that have been creating out of passion like Steve mm. Jobs he could also meet his fear and mm. and used meditation as a tool to to be more aligned and he met both love and hate but he wasn't scared mm. of the hate from from people working together with him for example and mm. And uh, yeah, I think that is inspiring mm. when you don't need to be liked by everyone. Mm. And that, that is, a, I guess, a challenge for most people, really. I mean, you don't want to be disliked. You don't want to be, at least you know, people can leave you in a neutral place, if nothing else. <laughs> but but uh, that somebody's actively, for example, working against you or or you know actively working on provoking you in a in a you know not constructive way and so on how do you react to these if it happens in your environment i don't know if it does but how how do you look upon these situations uh, how do you get out of there yeah because this happens all the time 
And I would say the more scared yeah. I am that this will happen, yeah. the more it will happen. Attract it. <laughs> yeah, you do attract it. Yeah. And, uh, and we all do so. And, but the mm. more we can stand strong and mm. when there is a situation where this fear gets activated and if we could be bold and just keep on standing in it and don't run away, then yeah. we can use a consciousness. It's an yeah. awareness. You can observe what happens within you now and why. And is this really true? Will you really get abandoned? Or would you really die if you get disliked in this situation? Or is it more important that you dare to be true to yourself that you can show this fear and if you can stand in it, what will happen? Mm. And maybe it will even dissolve mm. and then you're free. And then you're free to be more true. And for me, that's always my drive and my passion. Mm. Like, wow, if I dare to stand up, mm. which I will not do all the time, but maybe mm. once in a while, and for that every once in a while moment, mm. Mm. Uh, I will create a little bit more alignment. Mm -hmm. And with that comes a little bit more mm. peace within. Mm. But so for example, your potential move in a year or so to Portugal and this change and so on, is there any kind of, you know, fearful kind of feeling around that? Or you just say, okay, no, we'll, we'll just do it and see what happens. Or how do you... Yeah, there is a lot of, around that like oh what if um, someone in the family gets sick and we don't have the the mm. care system as mm. we have in Sweden for example mm -hmm. that could be one type of fear but that's mm. more fear connected to health but then it could be mm. oh what if I get abandoned from my family and uh, I have been living there for a couple of years and I've lost all connections and the safety net, the social safety net I have mm -hmm. here now. Mm -hmm. Would it, like, what would I then do? <laughs> That's a fear. And, mm. Uh, mm. yeah, but uh, I don't want that to stop the exploration. Mm. That's an active choice, exactly. And, and if you would assume that you have all doors open and... Um, or resources available to you, uh, what would you then innovate or change? You know, be it in your environment of, of what you do or, or elsewhere. Mm. So if I had every possible resource, I would, I would try to collapse the housing system and the education system first. <laughs> um, just like make it disappear Start so from that the I beginning. can rebuild <laughs> uh. can rebuild societies with education system and housing solutions mm. that was designed for this new paradigm so it doesn't have to struggle so much and and so it could be provided more easily because in doing so, I think this shift or how we can embrace the level five of consciousness would be like much faster and it would, um, yeah, would mm. speed it up. Mm. It just came to my mind now, 
everything we talk about up until now, how much of this will make you know any let's say sense to a person who is um, you know living elsewhere, where maybe outside of our let's call it westernized you know world, mm. because there some basic needs of theirs are not met. You know, yeah. are people still able to you know connect to these thoughts about the importance of being aware and to to be as you say conscious and so on, or, or is that just a wavelength that will not fit people who are, you know, struggling on on a more basic needs level. Yeah, I believe when you struggle on a basic need level, that's where your struggle are, and all your energy and uh, life force goes to trying to uh, mm. to create this safety for you and your family, and that's how it should be. Sure. But you can connect and understand. Mm. And you can have this longing, but you cannot put an effort because you need mm. to put all your available effort and resources into a, a different level. Mm. But like the paradigm is based on that more and more people have this safety. Mm. So like the most basic safety of being secure, you can eat, you you have a home. Mm. Yeah, most of us in uh, yeah in the Western world, that's not even something we think about. Mm. And then we have the like the the safety of belonging. But there already some people struggle, and that's mm. why safe harbor is one of. Uh, like my main drives, like if people feel that they have connection no matter what mm. they do, mm. they can move on to a higher level. Mm. And then it's the ego and like the identity and to be independent mm. and be someone. Mm. And you need to explore that in order mm. to be willing to go further. Mm. But when you feel safe that, okay, I'm accepted for my own creation and my own identity and I don't need someone, I'm... I'm fine on my own and then mm. you can connect to level five and mm. then it's more it's not about but you as much it's more about like leaning into the flow of life mm. but without the other steps it's not possible to connect mm. to that level mm. I would say you were mentioning uh, um, you know collapsing uh, the education for example mm. system how could it be uh, transformed i think education cannot be a system as it is today mm. for me education system most of the times are based on a level 3 where there is a teacher that knows the answer and there's a student that should find the right answer. Mm. And that destroys everything. You have to struggle so much mm. more moving into uh, to the other levels of consciousness. So what if we could be so much aware that, okay, we want to create a society, we want to enable a society where people step up to level five, it sounds so weird to step up because it's not really stepping up, but I, I think you, you, you get the point. And then like, there cannot even be teachers and students, and it could not be 
schedules. It cannot be a school plan because everything has to be more organic because that's how you operate on level five. And for me, like tech farm, that is just an environment where we see, okay, can we somehow scale an environment that could support level five or at least level four? And that could that be the education system? Mm. Like I would rather have my son growing up in this community, in this house we're sitting in now, with 50 people from 22 nationalities going on their missions and having all their knowledge to learn from them, like create projects together with people here Mm. and learn on an everyday basis Mm. and being guided by his own curiosity instead of a teacher telling him what he should be interested in at the moment. Mm. But are there some, let's say, basic um, you know skills that everyone should learn uh, which is a little bit the, the, the system we have today of course but then it depends how far you take it of course but are there any like these skills are absolutely necessary for any human being whether it's on level that or level five so to say no there is no basic mm. skills mm. the only thing and that's not a skill because we are all driven by curiosity. And that's the only drive we need. Mm. And by allowing that mm. life force, and that's the creativity, and, and, and then you will learn exactly what you need to learn in order to, in order to do mm. what you're supposed to do. Mm. And today many people are thinking what do they need to add to what they know in order to, let's call it, stay relevant or, you know, up to date and and be of use to this um, updated uh, uh, version of society we have today and so on. What is your take on that? So you don't need to know anything. You don't need any more knowledge and you don't need to figure out anything more than you already figure out. Mm. Because... um, then we're just making life to something that is super serious and that someone else is dictating for you. Mm. But like your life is your life and where you are now is exactly where you're supposed to be. And if you can just relax mm. into that, then you get confidence to rekindle your curiosity and then use that mm. as your direction. And that's mm. the only thing you need. Mm. And if you could um, give uh, one piece of advice to people that we typically would call, you know, leaders in different uh, roles, what would that advice be? So that advice um, would be to go inside as the first exploration Mm -hmm. and find what's your true purpose and then when you start to act and start doing, if you do that from from a true place, Mm. and then you will not need to worry so much if it's right or if it's wrong and what other people will think. And then you move away from the fear-driven identity Mm. to the real, like, true you. And... uh, 
yeah, that's when you can have an impact for real. Mm. And so, but then people say, okay, great, but how do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, meditation and na na na. Everybody has some kind of idea about some kind of a fluffy, difficult place where they should go, where they should be to figure yeah. out. Uh, you know, so it becomes like a mental exercise instead. So, how do you go there and find your, you know, true self or your purpose? In terms of advice, what do you say? Yeah, so there's, just, there's <laughs> nothing external you no. can do. Mm. And meditation doesn't work. <laughs> like uh, go on a trip doesn't work. Taking course doesn't work. Mm. The only thing is to be exactly where you are and uh, to observe what is going on inside of you at this moment. And then you will probably observe some fear. Okay, if you fear something, then embrace that. Maybe that will be your ne next action to do that thing you're most scared of. Mm. Um, but let those emotions inside you be, be your guide. Mm. Because it's always that thing that is, it feels like this is in the way. But that thing that feels like this is in the way mm. for me to be that or do that, mm -hmm. that is the way. So if you move towards that, then you will go in and explore, okay, what is actually happening within me when I meet this my biggest fear or my biggest longing mm. or like this thing that yeah. was here, but it's always in the now. So you can only start in the now and observe, okay, what's here now? Okay, and then should I act on this or shouldn't I act? And then you decide, yeah, I'm, I will act. Or mm. maybe it's a longing or it's a fear. Mm. But that's the only way to go. And maybe that doesn't mm. make any sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> because it's easier to, like, this is your toolbox and this is the plan. But you can yeah. never, uh, you can never find any, mm. like any method mm. that will help you ever. Mm. But you can just trust, like what's inside you at this mm. specific moment. Mm. Some people are saying, well, you know, you are the average of the five people you are with the most, or something like that. They say. So do you believe in that or do you, do you think that it's, of course, much more, I guess, important that you know yourself first? Yeah. <laughs> but still, that we're so affected by the people we have closest to ourselves in terms of you know, behavior, uh, behavioral patterns, thought patterns and all that, that we kind of, that happens automatically when you're not so present or not so aware. Do you believe that? Um, I believe the opposite, that we attract the people to our life that reflects us. Mm. So by looking at the people around you, mm. how they are acting, how they are treating you, you will get a lot of information about yourself. Mm. And if we're doing this observation, I'm like, oh, People that I'm around are quite negative and they do not support me at all. Okay, then you will have the information that you are quite negative and you do not support yourself. 
And then you can use that by acting on it and say, okay, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to start, like, I'm, I am actually willing to support myself. Mm. And then when you start doing so, these people will disappear of your life because it doesn't bring the value as like you think you, mm. uh, you are valued too. And then there will come other people into your life and they will have something new to uh, that you should learn. Mm. And this is like what's really my passion because that's the exploration. Mm. Mm. Like, wow. What is this person? Why mm. is this person in my life? What should I learn now? And I, mm. like, I get really annoyed by you. Why? Mm. I said, well, okay, it's, it's because I'm annoyed about myself. Mm. And then I need to face that and take responsibility. Mm. And that sucks because mm. it's so much easier to blame someone else for my pain sure. or my suffering or my fear. Mm. <laughs> but mm. that's the only way. And that's why I would say that like, What's in the way is the way. So when you get annoyed, mm. like you should look really deep into it and observe it and say, okay, this is only about me and I can take responsibility of this and move towards it instead of trying mm. to, to hide or run away. Mm. And then you will automatically like starting to clean out mm. what's in you that doesn't serve the purpose mm. of you. And if you were to give, you know, an advice to yourself 10, 15 years ago or so, what would it be? Don't be so scared. <laughs> Everything <laughs> you're scared of will be smashing you in the face sooner or later. <laughs> so um. just invite it instead of running away from it. Mm. Mm. So that's like 10 or something years ago, right? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's funny that it comes from you now, <laughs> with all the insights you have yeah. now. And um, what do you think is the most important thing for what we today call companies for them to focus on right now? So the companies, it's pretty hard to transform a company mm. to be more conscious or if you talk about these levels, mm -hmm. to transform from level three to level four or from four to five. And I don't, I don't see that needs to be, that is necessary even. But then, uh, because company is just a collection of people mm -hmm. that shares values and that also shares the level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So what I believe is that everything that no longer serves this purpose because it doesn't attract people anymore. For example, if a company operates on a lower level and then sooner like, or later, like the society moves up and, and then this structure will just be destroyed, mm. but then something new will be created. I don't mm. think it's mm. so easy to transform the structure company. Mm. It's the people within the structure that transforms and then they move away from the structure and mm. a new structure gets rebuilt. Mm. But I would more say the business leaders, what can they do if they are curious and if they mm. want to embrace and be more aware mm -hmm. 
then they also have to be so brave because what will happen when they start to be more aligned with their true purpose, maybe they will start a completely new businesses because they understand that uh, they did this because it was their ego or they just wanted to have uh, be mm. fame or like get fame. But maybe this is the business that they are aligned with. But that when, what will happen is that most of the employees probably would not be comfortable to follow the transformation. So maybe a lot of people mm. will quit. But then you'll find new employees mm. that mm. actually support the new mm. you. Because the business is always like based on, on people's values. Mm. And if the leader has new values, then you need new followers. Do we need leaders in that sense in, uh, in companies as they are now, like, uh, you know, different kinds of CEO profiles and other types of leaders in the company? Or could it be organized in a different way? Um, who well, should be the leader? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is also different in, on these different levels. And if we should talk about the level five mm. where we don't have any... Mm. examples really to look into but then in one way everyone is the leader but in the same way like also none is the leader because in a level five the leadership is more fluid because there is no prestige and it's like being taking responsibility but then by everyone taking responsibility of their own journey mm. and then you are aligned for a while mm. and but then you are both leaders but at the same time none of you are a leader because you're just following the flow and sometimes maybe if we were aligned for a while for example creating a pod together mm. and then when it was most beneficial that you were the leader, then you would be it. And then maybe next week it was more beneficial that I was the leader mm. and then I would be so. Mm. And we, then we don't maybe use the typical titles because they would be so cluttered by mm. the old system. So here I think we have to reinvent mm. uh, how we communicate. Mm. And I don't know how that communication or how that language will end up Mm. I used to have like the sense of um, how it will flow, but not how mm. how we can structure that flow if it's even possible. Mm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Is there any uh, company or organization today that you are impressed by or attracted by? I am impressed by... Pantagonia is a clothing mm. company mm. that is purpose-driven and they dare to merge business life and private life and one like they have a leader so it's not it's not a level five but still it's very purpose-driven and he stated that my employees should be able to go surfing um, working hours and uh, that's bold in a way and I think that's inspiring and that's the first little step towards mm. uh, 
towards a more mm. consciousness format of uh, mm. of how to build companies. Yeah. Showing trust. Yeah. Mm. Who do you think people, or who or what um, do people feel is trustworthy nowadays? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about um, the institutions we have nowadays, if you define them as, um, you know, Google or Facebook and yeah. so the, like the new institutions yeah. and so on. But where, where lies the trust today? Who can you trust and, 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 and why? And how is that directing our lives somehow? Mm. So one change on the way how we trust these days, I would say, is much based on the social media profile mm. that you gain trust and credibility mm. by performing social media. You have a lot of followers mm. um, or you... Um, you have good ratings on different like mm. Airbnb could be LinkedIn and so on. Yeah. And that's how you build your reputation and that's more authentic since it's crowdsourced and but yet it's based on your own your created identity. So it's mm. Even if it's harder nowadays to create an identity that is far away from who you really are since private and, and business merged together mm. with social media and the younger generation mm. oh, doesn't really understand that how it's even possible to be one person at work and one person at home because social media is 24-7. Mm. So there we have one mm. shift mm. With, with the younger generation. Uh, but yet you can polish your identity to mm. to only show the positive and the uh, the ego driven or mm. status driven mm. parts of your life right mm. but i think that's the main source of trust today but that will also change by the, the conscious level 5 paradigm mm. where um, you where trust would be only based on authenticity and you will you will trust when you see that someone dare to to be vulnerable to dare to uh, to be disliked and what do you think the world needs the most at this time if we you know elevate even one step higher so the world needs vulnerable people with open hearts and in one way that's the same thing as saying people that are true to their purpose mm. and that's the only thing we need because if we create from any other place we will mm. just be miserable and we will create miserable companies and mm. products that destroys rather than uh, rebuild and mm. and um, heal the human being because we all want to live with open hearts and be vulnerable and to be present mm. in this moment but we don't not dare because we are so afraid of being disliked and excluded from mm. yeah the society but for everyone and each of us that 
there is to to live a little bit different and to open our hearts a little bit, then we can make a change. And I'm, I'm thinking about, for example, you know, a, a tree or any kind of plant. And so you plant a seed, right? Mm. And it's not like it has to think, you know, what's my purpose here as a seed or as a plant or whatever. <laughs> it's like, what am I going to do? Am I going to go left or right or up or big or small? Or how much will I grow? Should I do this? Should I manifest that? Should I? No, no, mm. right? It happens automatically. Organically. Yeah. Um, because it's it's ingrained in that seed so yeah, to say exactly. and and sometimes i'm thinking parallel thoughts with us as human beings that we have that seed within us and is going to go in a certain way anyways so you know just relax enjoy the ride yeah, exactly. <laughs> as you say go with the flow or some kind of a life flow and let it happen with you to you you know exactly. with others and somehow so we're trying to direct and control so much um but everything around us is so much action activity based uh, and very time uh, driven as well so it's not strange that we lose ourselves a little bit on that route uh, just a reflection yeah that's a very <laughs> good way to visualize that we are all these seeds and like we cannot direct and if we try mm. to get direct we will just get lost and mm. And then we will feel miserable mm. and we will longing for something else. But the longing, it's always to just grow, mm. to meet the sun. So what are you going to do now after the podcast? Yeah, so now it's evening and always in the evening, my son likes when we walk around in the house to meet people and he can be carried by... <laughs> by, by by some others and play with some others and then I like to get some information about what's going on mm. in everyone's life and in their projects and mm. then he will fall feel, feel asleep while talking to someone and we will go up to our room mm. get him to bed I will check my email <laughs> <laughs> and do some yoga and mm. then I will fall asleep too mm. Mm. That sounds like a pleasant evening. But it's a great feeling that you never have to be alone. You just open the door, there's always somebody around, and right? Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, um, how was it to be actually on the podcast? Yeah, I really enjoyed the types of questions because they were open, but I also got intrigued by, by the depth of the questions. Mm. And also your reflections on, on the answers, you felt like, yeah, we were dancing together. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> thank you. So thank you, Lisa, and thanks for, for sharing uh, so much with us. To find out more about Lisa and her work, you can head to techfarm.life and uh, follow her on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on LinkedIn. I truly appreciate if you share this episode with your network and friends for impact. So thank you for listening. And until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao. Ciao, ciao.